Clark. My debut 1990 September, Bristol City away to get that opportunity what what thousands of Geordies only dream of. Lee Clark, Lee Clark 1-0. Williams. I first go over Sunderland away at Leicester, uh, it was a left foot volley. I didn't realise my left foot was for kicking the ball with it as well, I thought it was just for standard. Hignard. Playing against Chelsea and, and to score the first goal there is something that still lives with me now and it's it's what most people will talk to me about. Worshipped every weekend. It's the three legends. Banter and rivalry across the northeast on the tune, the cat, the red. Good evening, it is the three legends, Lee Clark, Darren Williams and Craig Hignett. Good evening, gentlemen. Evening, Daz. Hey, evening, lads. How are you? Evening, evening up. And how are we doing this week? Uh, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a busy week in the Championship this week. A couple of things happening off the pitch for Newcastle as well. Um, but I, I suppose we've got to start by looking back at those Championship results this week and find out which one of you is, is more... Down in the well, Don't ask me, Daz. All right, Do okay. I mean? Don't ask me. <laughs> all right, okay, Craig. <laughs> it is all doom and gloom in this household at the minute. <laughs> well, well, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Darren then. Darren uh, Sunderland's defeat at the uh, midweek against Huddersfield that must have come as a bit of a shock, did it? It did, mate. Yeah, I mean, it came as a bit of a shock after obviously uh, you know. Well, I would say a second half performance against Plymouth because I think first half they were poor. Um, but you know, second half to you know to come back and win the game and and, and win it comfortably three one, um, and then you know I mean I said it I said going into the game prior uh, that it would be a tough one against Huddersfield. It always is, you know. It's a, it's one of those places that you know I, even as a player, you know myself, I didn't you know I didn't relish going to, um, and you know lo and behold, you know the the inevitable happens and you know we get beat get beat one nil, but. For me, I just think you know there was too many, too many off players having off days. Um, you know the, the the way we set up was was wrong. You know we tried to we tried to crowd the the centre of the uh, the centre of the park in midfield to to try and outnumber Huddersfield uh, because they do a man to man marking job in there. Um, you know and throw that extra player in to try and uh, you know create create something. But for me, you know if you look throughout the season, you know we've been dangerous in wide areas. Um, you know, but. Unfortunately, you know, against Huddersfield, we just didn't get those wide areas going. Um, you know, it seemed to be uh, very lacklustre. Um, you know, players seemed to kind of go through the motions. And I think I said I said this to to Higgy the other week when we against Middlesbrough. You know, we just seemed to second half we just sat off their midfield. We didn't get it. You know, up against them. You know, we did. We didn't. You know, we didn't try to compete, and it looked that way again against Huddersfield. My way, obviously, with a defeat after you know after such a good win at home against uh, Plymouth. Yeah, and I mean Jack Clark has obviously has, has provided a lot of that width and a lot of that creativity. He just wasn't with it the other night. He didn't seem to be uh, on the ball, did he? He didn't, mate. No, he seemed he seemed slightly off, and you know, I mean, he, you know, it's not just him. You know, we're not, we're not just pointing the finger at Jack Clark because you know, there's, you know, I thought Job Job was off. Um, you yeah. know, we didn't really get things going. Um, you know, we then got, uh, you know, we've got a sucker punch, obviously, with uh, Roberts being out again now. Uh, he's pulled, you know, tweaked his other hamstring, and obviously be going in for a scan. So that's probably in for, you know, for for a good few weeks now, uh, missing again. 
but yeah, you know, I just think you know, like I said, from the from the joys we've had in wide areas, you know, and, and it's let's be honest, it's majority of games where you know that's where we create from. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, we just did it. Just didn't happen, and I think the managers took a little bit on the chin. Uh, you know, he's saying obviously, like I say, he overcrowded the midfield area, and you know, wants to try and get an extra player in there. But you know, there's one thing overcrowding it. You know, there's another thing, obviously, you know, play, playing it in a different in a different way. You can have that extra man in there, but you know, you you've got to be able to find space and you know and, and break lines. Uh, but we, you know, we just didn't seem to do that on the evening. Does can game, I just ask you? Yeah, Michael Beale had come out and said what last week I think he said it we're not going to blow teams away and he got a little bit of stick over it yeah. obviously they'd, they'd done Southampton 5 and uh, they scored 3 against Plymouth but he, he's come out and said that is that just him being sensible do you think because we know listen Middlesbrough are in the same boat we haven't got a goal scorer um, they're not going to score bucket loads of goals you haven't got someone who's going to score 20 a season is he just being a realist there but, he, but he's coming for a bit of stick about it hasn't he or is that something as a manager I think you think but even... don't say? Well, it's probably it's probably something you think but don't say, mate. Because, like you say, you know, you're open you open yourself up to criticism, don't you? Do you know what I mean? But I think you know he's been a realist as well. You know, we we you know we know we aren't scoring goals. You know, we haven't got that flowing. You know, uh, you know, getting two two or three a week, or you know, I mean, it's not every week you're going to do it, but majority of weeks when you're in that, you know, you've got your your out and out strikers, you've got your guys that can hit the back of the net. That's you know the amount of opportunities we create if we had an out and out striker who got 20 a season you know chances are we would blow teams away but we're just not in that position at this moment in time so yeah in a sense he's been a realist but he's kind of opened himself up again to a bit more criticism I watched the game uh, Daz as you know we had a bit crack on the yeah. uh, group whatsapp and uh, I thought they were really poor on the night because <clears throat> I'd obviously heard uh, the reports on the Plymouth win first half wasn't good but second half was really good yeah but I whatever what yeah. you've just said there I thought <clears throat> everything was nullified um, it was difficult to get the likes of Jack Clark into the game there wasn't a lot of good possession being built up by Sunderland there wasn't any yeah. really uh, patterns of play that i seen where there was four or five good passes put together get the ball out way and, and create chances um, and I think that's the you know, we're going to keep going back onto this being a really young team and a young group. You're going to get these inconsistencies with young players. You're going to get one week, they're, they're very good. The yeah. next game, they're not so good. You know, there's not that like seven out of ten every week. It's either a nine or it's a, it's a five, you know. And I think that's what you leave yourself open yeah, to yeah. when you when you've got a group of young players and you haven't got their experience head. I watched that game on uh, Wednesday night against Huddersfield and I'm thinking... Couple of couple of experienced players in there, just get them to calm down, get a grip yeah. of the game, try and get like you say the match right. winners back into the game. But because the, they're all young and they're all finding the way themselves, there's not many of them can lead and have that experience. And I think that's what you're going to get. You're going to it's going to be like a roller coaster. It's going to be up and down, up and down with the results, and it's going to be very difficult. Totally, like we mate. talked about last week for the two teams to get the consistency to put a run together to. to 100% nail on that uh, top six place now Sunderland can still do it they're only one point out there's still a great chance with the games left but because they haven't had a really consistent run over the course of the season uh, yeah. you know it, it's 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 going to be nip and tuck isn't it 
Yeah, you can't see any of them doing a Southampton, can you? Can you, Daz? Where they've gone 25 games, I think it is stupid it was, unbeaten, and they've shot themselves right up to to third in the table now. But you can't see Borough or Sunderland doing that, can you? No. And it it all goes back to a goal scorer, doesn't it? It's goals. Of course it does, mate. And it's, you know, it's the inconsistency of getting that, you know, scoring goals. You know, like you say, we, you know, we have hit teams. You know, we've hit, you know, hit three the other week. You know, we hit, we hit five against Southampton, you know. So we are capable of it, but we just, we haven't got the consistency of it. And this mm. is a thing, and like, you know, like I said, it's going to be up and down. You know, we, you know we, we're going to win a game, draw a game, and then, you know, blow a team away and then obviously get beat. And then, and it's, that year, like you say, you know, you you need that consistency, especially this this stage of the season now, to get yourself and cement yourself in this playoffs playoffs. Interesting game coming up at the weekend, does? Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Against Birmingham, uh, obviously, it's nice to see Mogga back. Um, obviously, hopefully, he's on the, the the losing end of things, mate. But it'll be interesting, you know. It'll be interesting to see how, how the crowd. You know, I'm sure the crowd will give him a you know a massive warm welcome, but. I you know I'm 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 on the edge of like they'll give him a nice warm welcome. How's that gonna? How they're gonna react to Bale if if the game doesn't start particularly well? Um, you know, is is it gonna be? You know, is that gonna put a bit more? Pre- well, it will put a bit more pressure on him. But you know, I'm just thinking. You know, I'm trying to think of it from Bale's point of view. You know, you've got a manager in the other dugout who the fans obviously loved. You know, and, and never didn't want to go. And then at this moment in time, you've got a, a manager in, in the home dugout who. You know, let's be honest. A lot of fans don't don't want to see that, uh, yeah. so it's it's a funny funny position to be in. Um, you know, and a bit of an awkward position in a sense. But you know, for me, like it's, you, say, you know, it's it's like you say, does if it's a win if the game, game doesn't if yeah. the game doesn't start particularly well for for Sunderland, it'll be interesting to see how the um, fans react. You know, with Moga being in the uh, and dugout and being very popular. Of course, it will, mate. Exactly. Yeah, and this is this is the thing, mate. And uh, no, obviously it's a winnable game. Um, you know, you know, especially being at home. Uh, sorry, it's a winnable game against Birmingham because um, they're not not great. Not in fact, obviously, you know, he's had a few wins under his belt uh, since he's been there, Mogga. But you know, they're they're a bit stop start at the moment as well. Um, but it'd be interesting to see, mate. Interesting to see where um, the reaction really, the reaction from the fans. I think we've got two thousand and odd going down. I think um, so. You know, it, it will be an interesting. Uh, Interesting development as the game goes on, mate. Um, but for as me, you, touched on, you know, it's... As you touched on earlier, you've, you've lost Patrick Roberts, one of your big players again. That could be a crucial one for you, couldn't it, really? It's... I mean, it's a massive one, mate. I can... You know, I feel for him in a sense, you know, it's, it's his other hamstring. Uh, you know, obviously, it's... We're hoping it's not too bad, hoping it's not going to be, you know, a prolonged one. Um, but he's obviously going in for a scan and, and waiting on the results from that. But yeah, it's another it's another body blow, mate. You know, he just gives us that you know something different, something extra on the on the other on the other flank. Um, so you know, we could you know we could see um, a few a few players maybe stepping in. Uh, you know, and, and and obviously you know maybe he's making the debuts, mate. You know, I'm interested to see that you know Mundell get on a little bit more. See you know see what he's about. No, there was a there was a lot of lot of praise uh, coming from um, his former obviously fans. Um, so yeah, so I'm you know I'm looking forward to having, having a look at him eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I suppose, Higgy, we've got to come to you and oh, ask you. you don't have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it was only a few weeks ago. On, honestly. It, it was only a few weeks ago that Sunderland were in, t- when this, were in turmoil. They'd just sacked yeah. Mogger. They had the whole Derby thing. Well, they, I mean, to be fair, Daz, they brought that on themselves, didn't they? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah. it just feels like there's there's a real slump, a real low around the club. You know, the mm. PR disaster about the uh, the season tickets Early that bids, came yeah. out uh, as well. They're not signing the striker uh, that they're desperately needed. Letting players go out. Uh, and then that performance, uh, Preston, where they couldn't have done any more uh, than score. But, you know, what was clear that it was lacking was that firepower. Well, it's it's obvious to everyone now, isn't it, Daz? I mean, they they played all right, to be fair. They controlled the game. They played in between the two boxes. I think they played well. You know, deserve something out of the game, definitely. But it just highlights the fact that they haven't got anyone to put the ball in the net and they can't keep it out their own net. And that's um, that, that's not a very good combination because you know you, you're gonna you're not gonna win many games if you're conceding goals and not scoring goals. So I think it's the last five games they've scored f- like a goal a game. They've only scored five goals in the last five games. Um, it isn't good enough, is it? They need someone who can put the ball in the back of the net regular um, and make more of, of the situations that they get into. Um, I think they miss Isaiah Jones. He's he's got a little bit of spark and a little bit of of pace. Um, and he can be a handful on his day but it goes back to what Daz is saying about consistency and you know whilst the performances have been alright they, they've had a few bad ones but they've been alright on the whole they just haven't been consistent enough in putting chances away yeah. and scoring enough goals and it's that it's that coupled with what you've just said about you know Morgan Rogers going didn't bring anyone in and by the way I agree with them not bringing anyone in if the, if the right person isn't available I wouldn't want to spend me money this year because for one I think they're going to struggle to get in the playoffs um, even yeah. if they bring someone in and they do get in the playoffs I don't think they'll go up but if they do go up imagine that team in the in the Premier League you, you're going to have to spend a fortune just to try and keep your head above water. Um, I don't think they're quite ready, but I think next year is a massive season for for everyone. I think for the for Michael Carrick, it's massive for the people behind the scenes bringing players in. Um, they need to bring players in, and they need to have a right go next year because you know you don't want to be a, a club who's treading water. You want to be on the on the you know on the up and and getting into playoffs or getting promoted. But the league, I mean, it'll be the same again. I think the three teams who get promoted will probably be the three teams who come back down from the Premier League three teams will go up who've been good you know Leicester have been by far and away uh, the best side in the league but you've got Southampton who are strong now Leeds are strong I mean we'd, we'd said how well Ipswich have done but they've fallen off a little bit um, West Brom look like they're they're away and, and they're going to get in the playoffs so there's only Coventry really that everyone's aiming for so I don't see the, the point in spending money on a player who you maybe don't want and or he's not the right one he's not one of your targets just to bring him in for bringing him in sake I, I get that strategy yeah. um, but for me it's a, the season is about rolling the sleeves up getting themselves to the end of the season trying to get a few results on the board but it's going to be hit and miss from now till the end of the season yeah. because that's that's the team that they are they're a very hit and miss side they're not very um, consistent 
and when you've got a like I said before a cocktail of not being able to score goals and, and letting goals in um, it's always going to be up and down and I just think that's that's where Borough are at the moment well, you can get in touch with the three legends. You can speak to them. You can come on and give us a call on 033-043-2002. Or you can drop us a WhatsApp on the same number, 033-043-2002. Dan in the borough has dropped a message on the WhatsApp, Higgy, and uh, it's along those lines. He's saying there's a lot of talk about uh, preparing for next season. Um which, which we've, we've just talked about, you know, not making that big spend, etc. But what, what uh, Dan's worried about is, will we lose more players in the summer if our season ends up being a damp squid? Well, what players are you bothered about losing? So um, that, that's my argument. My argument would be, I don't think any of them this season have have been good enough for you to want to keep them that badly if someone comes in. I'm sure you'd be able to to cope with it. And and you know, knowing the way the club will be, they'll have targets and um who are you on about keeping? You know, if you're talking about Hayden Hackney, he's going through a bad time at the moment, Hayden, yeah, and yeah. he has done since the first Chelsea game. Um he's he's found it a real struggle. But he's obviously a, a talented young lad and a, and a good player and, and people will still be interested in him in the summer, but you know, is he ready for the step up? I'm not so sure. I think you know maybe he needs another season or to to try and find his form again. But apart from him, who's who's going to go for? Well, Dan's for just messaged back and he said Riley McGree. Riley McGree uh, is. I yeah. agree. I think Riley McGree would probably <clears throat> listen. He had a a weird start to the season where he wasn't getting a game mm-hmm. and people couldn't understand why he wasn't playing. Um, but when he plays, he's always the one for me who looks like the spark looks like something will happen if he gets on the ball um, I think he would be a blow I think if he goes that would be a miss mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether the club would feel it's a miss or not because of like I said at the start of the season he wasn't even getting in um, but I, I certainly think he's he's the one we've got who um, along with Fors because Fors I think is the best finisher at the club but I think Riley McGree is, is the best footballer at the club there you go mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I think. I think if if he think, were to go, they would be in in a bit of trouble. More trouble. I think I in, regardless. In. In, I think regardless of how any any one season's gone, I think there's always going to be coming and some goings, isn't there, in the summer anyway? Mm. Do you know what I mean? That, that's mm. just part and parcel of football. That happens. Uh, you know, for, you know, for me, the, you know, there'll be players going out with Sunderland. Do you know? You, you, at the end of the day, but you bringing players back in, do you know what I mean? So it's going to happen. You know, it's the one player. Does it's the one player who you thought if you. If your club lost, you'd be thinking, "Oh no!" Is the one player? I, th- I think I, I can't. I, I think, think you'd be able to cope with anything. Yeah, I, th- I think you, I think you can cope. I mean, obviously, there's a, there's big talk, talk about Jack Lark. You know, they always has been, and, the, and they yeah. probably always will be. You know, leading, going into the summer. But for me, you know, he's he has cheers. He's scored goals. You know, he's probably been one of our be- our better players. Let's be honest. But at the end of the day, it's like you know, if he if he does go. You know, then you're just looking to bring somebody in, and you know, to replace him. So, uh, for me, I, I don't think there's ever a time that you, you'd overly worry about a player going. You know, because the bit if you go about your business in a, in the right manner and bring in the right players, then it's you know, the, I, there's no issue for me if 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 players want to move on. And I get the bit about spending money wisely. So if you're trying to build a squad, the last thing you want to do is start building, and then two or three of them go because you're taking too long 
to be competitive if that makes sense yeah so i think you know when, once you've decided yeah. to do it middlesbrough had a tough one last summer because they lost the most important players four of them two, three were on loan one that got sold to ajax it was always going to be difficult to replace the amount of goals that they lost or the type of player that they lost um they've tried to do it but they've decided to go a different way where they're going to develop their own players they're going to buy their own players develop them it's happened with morgan rogers i don't think anyone would begrudge him a move to the Premier League, especially to, to a, a club he's gone to in Aston Villa. Um, Borough have made a really healthy profit on him. But if you're going to do it that way, yeah. you have to be competitive and you have to be competitive fairly quickly to make anyone else want to go to you. And and you're the yeah. ambitious team in that league, if that makes sense, that you want to be seen as, well, they're having a right go this year and I want to go there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's what you've got to sell it as. But you can't take too long in building yeah, of course it. You, you can't take three or four seasons to do it. You've got to do it in two transfer no. windows, three at the very most. Yeah, definitely. And well, that's if your manager stays the, because there's talk of Carrick now yeah. going, isn't there? And, and yeah, he's talking yeah, to a, a Premier League talk, side. Yeah. Listen, I'm not I'm not sure he's done enough to earn a Premier League job, if I'm honest. I think he's done really well. No. But I don't think he's done enough to, to earn a move into the Premier League. Yeah, to warrant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He can obviously get a yes, team to yeah. play good football, yeah. but he he needs to, uh, you know, they need to do something. Maybe next year, if they have a team and he gets them in the playoffs and gets them competing, then yeah. maybe then. But I, I think you know, going on this season, I'm not sure he's done enough. But another message uh, no. on the WhatsApp uh, regarding Michael Carrick. Uh, it's Nathan in the borough. Uh, he said. Uh, he said the season's over now so how can Michael Carrick pick up his players and not let that affect him them well that's his that's his job isn't it yeah that's what he's got to do him and his staff I, I don't think he'll be telling the players the season's over you know that mm. what are these seven points off a playoff spot they've got a game in hand mm. they, they'll still have eyes on that um, but they know they've got to do better and to do better they need to score more goals so he he can't you know as a, as a manager you're always trying to get the best out of your players and there's always something to play for whether it's a new contract whether it's to stay at the football club because listen if you don't you've got your own personal pride as well by the way and it, if you don't you, you run the risk of being shoved out the door at the end of, of the season and like I said before some of these players Middlesbrough might be the biggest club they play for yeah, and they won't want to leave it That's so they need to pull the finger out and do it that's a big factor, Higgy. I get I yeah. back you hundred percent with that when you said it there, when you were talking, lads, you know, you, you your your words were who who would who would you want to keep at the borough? You've mentioned mm-hmm. two players you probably would and the rest you wouldn't be you wouldn't be bothered either way. So they've got to fight for their for their own futures as well. Mm-hmm. Whether they think the season's over, but it's not, as you said, seven points behind, game in hand. Yes, we're seeing it's going to be difficult because the 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 one thing they haven't done yet this season is put a consistent run of wins together. But they've still got a lot. They've got fifteen games still to play, and those players, as you rightly said, mightn't get that opportunity to play for a club as big as as Borough, the size of the crowds, the infrastructure, the facilities. So you know they've they've got to take it on their responsibility. They've got to do the best they can to at least get an opportunity to be part if the club's going to be successful or not. Um, mm. They kind of just you know think, oh, the season's petering out. I'll just uh, you know there's nothing to play for because, like you said, obviously by their performances at, at this moment in time they haven't done enough, and and that's the key. 
Mm. You know what it's like, Clark. As a manager, you, you're coming to the end of the season. You haven't had a particularly great season. You're not where you want to be. You, you're thinking to yourself, aren't you? You know, I need to change this. Yeah, and do absolutely. I, do I change it massively? Or do I just fiddle about and get three or four out and get three or four in? So it, there's, yeah. it's the, the whole thing, there's, there's never, for me, I mean, looking at it from a manager's point of view, for me, there's never not something to play for, mm-hmm. for anyone. Yeah. yeah. And you have to make totally. them aware of that. You know, they, they could be bobbling about happy and not thinking, you know, I'm on a three-year contract. Listen, that contract means nothing because I can let you go yeah. tomorrow. You know, just yeah. the same as if someone comes in with a big offer, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna stand in the way if they they can earn from it, and it gives them more revenue to go out and spend and buy more players, then they'll do that as well. Yeah. So, Possible. I, I don't right. get the, you know, players putting the feet up, putting the flip flops on on the holidays. I think if that happens, you, you've obviously got a player who's got the wrong mentality, and you don't want him anyway. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. We've had uh, another message on the WhatsApp. You can WhatsApp us at any point, audible three or or four three two thousand and two, to get your message across to the legend. You can also give them a call on that number, audible three or or four three two thousand and two. Andy in Sunderland says, after the Sunderland derby PR disaster, uh, and now Borough's PR mess over their season tickets, why do professional business people keep getting things wrong? <laughs> There's a question Because that's life mate We all get things wrong Don't we We all get things wrong You know Let's be honest I mean Not not to some extent Yeah that is very true (laughs) Exactly mate That's that's what I was trying to Paint all the cracks Does the Geordies Love Joe's Don't worry about that Free free paints In a a spruced up New room Don't they There's loads of Geordies Over here I loved it We were, we were thinking about leaving it like that as well. <laughs> Listen, I, I just no, think, I, it, I, I, you know, it, no matter what you do as a football club, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but no matter what you do, we'll get picked apart by people yeah. if they want to pick it apart. Yeah. So there, there may well be valid reasons why they've done what they've done. Um, it'd help if they, they spoke to the fans probably about it and not just done it. But yeah. listen, no matter what you do as a football club, you're always going to get pelters, aren't you? People are always going to find something course, wrong man. with it. The timing's wrong, or this is wrong, or that's wrong. Um, so that's just part and parcel of it. But some of the some of them are, you know, far worse than others. Um, and you do wonder sometimes how <laughs> people have decided that things are a good idea. Um, well, I mean, why well, couldn't get a- the early the early well. season one? I, I, I don't think I'd have put it out. After a run of form like we've had, well, they, yeah, they'd have. No, I think um, <laughs> Gibbor and Bowser had met with some of the fan groups last week. Uh, we had Kieran yeah. Scott on here. Um, uh, the the head of media was on Ian Shaw last week, and not a word about that of any of that to the fan groups. And then the Monday rolls around. Uh, you know, well, I don't know. Didn't he? Didn't he say to the fan groups? Didn't he have a meeting about the fan groups about the prices? And, and they told them the f- the prices. Maybe not. Was it the supporters that they had a meeting with? Yes, and yeah, yeah. The supporters told groups, them yeah, that yeah. there was going to be a hike in it. Yeah, and I, I think I think that was that was only one of the issues, wasn't it? I think the 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 early bird thing was was the other. Um, and yeah. I, and I just think the whole negativity around the club I don't think helped either. Um, no, well, that's that's what I mean. It's uh, you know at the moment there's, there's not a a great feeling about is there 
so you're always going to find fault with with whatever they do I mean if you if you look at the season tickets they are they are up there do you know what I mean with mm. with some of the most expensive in the in the season but they've got uh, big costs and and if you want to if you want a, a competitive squad you know you try and squeeze everything out of everything don't you I mean it's not like Germany is well, it I was reading it. this week you know Uli Hernes at Bayern Munich Bayern Munich season tickets are £104 £104 and he said look we could put them up to £300 and we get £2 million more in revenue but what's £2 million to us it's nothing and that's why they won't do it but it's it's amazing I mean I went to the opening of that stadium it was incredible the Munich stadium and and you couldn't you couldn't pay for anything with money everything was card your season card was also your, your cards to buy hot dogs and drinks and what have you it was just incredible the whole stadium and the way they they do it in Bayern Munich but listen you can because they're earning fortunes as well I think they've won the Bundesliga the last yeah. 11 times haven't they and they've been in Champions Leagues won Champions Leagues and finals and so they're, they're obviously a wealthy club um, and it'd be nice to be in a position where you could give something back to the fans mm. not many clubs can this is the three legends on the cat, the tune, and the red. You can get in touch on Audible three or four three two thousand and two. That's our WhatsApp number. You can also give us a call on that number as well. I wanted to ask Lee about uh, this week. A lot of the uh, the stuff that's been in the news regarding Newcastle has been around Dan Ashworth and the speculation about him moving on to uh, Manchester United. Reports today are saying that he would get four hundred and fifty million in a transfer war chest. Uh, Eddie Howe just wages does <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> Eddie Howe has come out today and said how unusual this whole situation is because normally the speculation is about players um, and he's he's talked about how in that role you want longevity in the role to see fruits of your labour it's a long term position and, and he's only been there a short amount of time do you think this is unsettling for the club Lee? I do, Daz. I, I think it's uh, a, a major um, position to, to be in in the new uh, organisation of the club. Um, and Dan's got a very... Um, he's got a, a great reputation in the game. Um, but, I, I mean, what Eddie also said as well is uh, Dan's privy to some important information on what Newcastle's strategy is going forward in terms of recruitment mm-hmm. and if he's involved in those high level meetings about which players are targeting what's the finances like and then he's on the verge of moving to another club I mean it could, could eventually be one of Newcastle's rivals once they get this FFP situation sorted out um, you know that that could be an issue as well and I think that's why Eddie said today he would like it sorted out one way or the other very very quickly um, as you said, you know, it looks like Jim Radcliffe's going to go in there and shake up things from the football point of view of the business. It's a club that's been on decline in terms of a lot of things. It still has its prestige as being the one of the biggest clubs, but, you know, the playing side and obviously Old Trafford's starting to become a bit tired and the training ground's a little bit dated in comparison to the other superpowers in European football. <clears throat> but I think he's looking to do that and obviously one of the areas where has been a big problem for them I think they've spent, spent a billion pounds haven't they over the last few years which is unbelievable on their squad and not got a lot to show for it one Carabao Cup I think 
Um, so for for Newcastle, yeah, it's gonna. And I totally agree with what Eddie said about the longevity of this position. If you're a sporting director, director of football, whichever you want to call it, um, you're there for the long term because you're not just looking at the first team. You're putting pro, uh, processes into place for the academy, for the medical, for the sports science. You're looking at the recruitment for for three or four windows time, not just the one coming up. And usually you don't see the uh, that bear fruit until you know two three four even five years down the line um you see what's what's coming um through from the academy etc so for it, him only to be here two years means that probably not going to see um the, the the work that he's done if it was going to be successful or not and as eddie rightly said as well i mean you think before dan arrived um uh, you know like Bruno Gimires and, and and other players were saying before he came in. So, a lot of the successful signings and the story of the signings were actually done before Dan came mm. into the club. And that's not, you know, putting things against Dan because I rate him very highly um, in in the work that he does. But uh, yeah, it, it it's a, been a strange one uh, for if someone. I would think it's something different for Eddie to deal with as a manager because as he rightly said, it's. You usually having to speak about speculation about your players, not about uh, you know a director of football. But it looks, all intents and purposes, that he's going to end up at Man United. Clarky, what do you think about Newcastle saying? It, obviously, they'll get a lot of money for Dan Ashworth going. There's talk mm-hmm. about six million pounds, but there's also talk in Newcastle saying they're going to make him work a year. Yeah, before he can. Well, go. he had to work before he came to us. Higgy, he had to work a. Period of notice at Brighton, I think it was about four months. Mm. I don't think that's going to suit anybody, to be honest. Making him work, uh, they, I've, I've seen a uh, couple of media outlets put it out there that he might have to work 12 months' notice. I, I, I don't see how that benefits anybody, to be honest. Mm. You know, he knows he's going, the club know they're going. Like we said, are they going to allow him to be privy into very important strategic um, transfer meetings? Uh, are they going to are they going to allow them into the board meetings where they, they, they talk about the finances of the club? Um, so what's the point of keeping them around? You know, he, he knows he's going to a, a, a rival in the Premier League himself. Um, you know, so it, it would be a strange one if they agree a, a big compensation package and they make them work uh, a notice period. I don't I don't see how anyone benefits from that. Uh, to be honest what, with you, Iggy. what's what do you think he's brought to Newcastle? Clarky well, for him like to I be said, so in demand I, I he's obviously really good at his job isn't he but but I, what is it about I, think, I, I don't think you'll, you, I don't think you'll see it because I don't think he's been here long enough and I, I, I think it takes a long time I think what he's done is he's put uh, the organisation skills that he has in terms of bringing a sports science team together um, you know we talk about the medical team and I'm going to give you some stats very very soon where you know that's obviously under question at the moment with the injury history the mm. club's had this season um, but obviously there's still a lot of work to be done down in the academy Lewis Smiley's been a terrific uh, you know positive for that but you know the club needs more than just one every couple of years or every four or five years so you know that still needs to work but as Eddie said I think with him only being here two years he would make and see any of the work that he's put in uh, going to practice because whether I I know they'll replace him because they want that sport and director type person at the football club but he might come in with new ideas 
Who would be... So on the pitch, he's obviously tasked with bringing the players in. Or is he tasked with just getting the deals done? Is someone else... Yeah, I would say more. I would say they've got a massive recruitment team now. That department has changed for the better. I know that... Um, I've got a family member who works in the recruitment team there and his his role in 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 the import the work that he does is now being used in a much better way. You know, they have scouts at all levels of the game, many all over the the world, in Europe, nationally, uh, locally again. They've got their relationships back with the boys' clubs of the region as well. With that had broke down a little bit uh, for the local lads. Um so I think the recruitment from all levels of the, the club to the youngest players all the way through to the first team, that's been bulked up. They've gone with uh, lots of different data analysis on that. Um, they look in everywhere. They want to try and bring young players through, whether they, they bring them in and, and buy them from other clubs or trying mm. to develop their own. So I think that's one area. But I think what his main role has been to bring those people together. And then obviously he's then the man... Uh, to negotiate the deals from the football point of view and what the best deals are for the club and the player and uh, to get to strike the deals there so that's what that's he's probably took over the old chief executive's role or the or the owner's roles when we were playing when they used to negotiate the deal with you or your agent or whatever he's probably doing a lot of work on that side Iggy. yeah yeah so of all the players he's brought in because he's he's brought quite a few players in I've read the list today um mm-hmm. Gordon, Liveramento and Barnes would be the three. Although Barnes has mm-hmm. been a bit hit and miss, hasn't he? When he's played, he's been all right. But he's been out yeah. quite a bit with injury. And then there were some other names here who I didn't know, like Harrison Ashby. Obviously, Loris Carrier, Matt Target come in. Garang Cool. Yeah, no one's he, ever seen he, him, cool, I don't think. Cool, cool's on loan, mate. He's had a yeah. couple of... He's only 18. He came from Australia. He was mm. he was uh, a young player who got the breakthrough. He was a real young in, in Australia in the A-League. I think... I I think he's in Belgium or Holland at the minute on loan. Nice. There's another youngster on loan. Uh, Ashby's on loan at Swansea. He came in as a right-back. Livramento, good signing. Going to yeah. be a top, top player. Really like him. Barnes Lewis Hall was another just, one for £38 million, Lewis Hall, yeah. He's a loan with it. Yeah, now, this a is a strange two. one. It's a loan. It's a loan, but... I th- if they hit a certain number of games, this is how him. I understand it. They have to pay the thirty-eight million. I think the fee yeah. was. Now he hasn't. He had when we've had these injury issues as well. He's hardly ever played. Eddie's put him on and subbed him off at half time or brought him on late in games. And what I've tried to do to back up to say, well, listen, he's only still eighteen, nineteen. But when you're looking to spend thirty-eight million quid, you kind of have someone that you're not sure about, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you've and got then the that. big one. The, the big one for me is Tenali. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, and that big one. It, it's got more question marks about that one. I don't think anyone doubts his his ability. I think he's yeah. a really good player. But obviously, with what went on in the background, that was ongoing even when Newcastle signed him. So how have Newcastle not picked that up? Exactly. That's the that's where the Jude. I don't think that would happen to a Man City because I know that yeah. the depths that Man City go into to sign players, and it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that one's a big question mark for me. You know, what kind of background it, checks do the people do? Because you know, this this investigation would have been going on well before you know Newcastle done the deal uh, to mm-hmm. Saint Tenali. So there's, there has to be. I mean, you, you you have to say 
it's bad enough losing a player who you spent big money on to a, a long-term injury. So when you lose him to something that's n- not football-related and he's still fit and healthy, it makes it even worse. So there has to be there has to be question marks about the the due diligence that's been done on the deal and and how they've gone about it. It has to be a big question mark, not just for the finances, but how much the clubs, you know. Paying, still paying the player full salary. He can't play in a game. He can't even start next season. I think he misses the first two weeks of the Premier League season next season. So, mm-hmm. without a doubt, there has to be questions. So, yeah, I think um, I think he, when he spends a lot of time, I mean, he done really well at the FA. He was the man who brought this England DNA thing in. He was a big factor and with Gareth Southgate and, and turning things around there. But, no, I think... Um, the big thing for me, and when I was listening and I watched the interview as well with Eddie, he was he was very um, you know worried about how much of inside knowledge uh, Dan knew about what Newcastle were preparing to do in the coming months and in, in the in the summer window, what finances they had to do that, where they could get to, what was the maximum, what's the minimum. Um, and, and 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 that's important and uh, information to have when you when you're someone who's got that information is going to one of your rivals, you know. Mm. This is the three legends on the cat, the tune, and the red. Uh, you can get in touch at any time on Audible three or or four three two thousand and two. We'll take a, a short break and then we'll be back to look at this weekend's games. It's the three legends across the northeast. Clark, legend. Williams, legend. Hignett, legend. WhatsApp us, call or send a voice message. Banter at its best. 033-00-43-2002. Right across the northeast, the tune, the cat and the red. You can get in touch on 033 or 43 2002. We'd love to hear from you and you can speak to the three legends. Uh, let's have a look at uh, the games that are coming up this weekend. We'll start with Newcastle. It's the Eddie Howe Derby um, coming off um, a big win uh, Forest last week. At the beginning to climb the way back up the table, but yet again, Clarkie, another injury uh, this week. That, uh, the, the injuries list this, this year has been phenomenal, hasn't it? It's unbelievable, does. I mean, uh, like you said, an impressive uh, victory at Forest. Bruno uh, putting on a fantastic show to score the two goals, Gamirez. Uh, and then at the end of the game, and early this week, being announced that Callum Wilson's injured his uh, pectoral muscle and he's had an operation this morning. He's going to be out for 12 weeks, uh, which is just crazy. I mean, I've got a list here. 35 games this season, OK, in all comps and these are the number of the games the players have missed Joe Willicks missed 32 Harvey Barnes 27 yes, Elliot Anderson 23 Matt Target 21 Jacob Murphy 19 Sven Botman 18 Callum Wilson 16 Nick Pope 14 Alexander Isaac 9 Dan Burney 8 Lascelles 6 Longstaff 5 Almiron and Trippier Shaw 2 and Livermento and, and Dubravka uh, 1 hmm. it's just unbelievable you know it's <coughs> crazy isn't it well, most uh, of them have missed half a season 
Yeah, it? well, by the t- if he's out for 12 weeks, that's going to take Wilson to the high 20s, potential 30 game mark, you know what I mean? Jesus. Uh, crazy, so, it, it's, it just shows you, when we were talking about earlier about what Ashworth's rules are, and it's about overseeing all that, I mean... You, you never want to point the, you never want to point the finger at one person, but there has to be certain, you know, question marks being asked about, you know, um, how the players are being recovered, how they're being prepped, um, yeah, the, the medical setup. Because when you're, if you're thinking about how much that's costing the football club with the number of games those players are missing, um, Aye. it's 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 just it's just absolutely bonkers, you know. Um, is it has it got to the point now, Clarky, where it's got to be a reason? It's not just bad luck. It can, can, I, well, that's what I would like to think, Higgy. It's bad luck, but it's repetitive, mate. I mean, it's, mm. it, this is the fourth ah. separate injury Callum Wilson's had this season, and Callum will be the first to tell you he's a great kid. You know, when I've ever had the chance to bump into him around the ground or the city, he's a, he's a great lad and he's done brilliant when he's on the pitch. That's why it makes it more frustrating. You know, he's, he's had an injury history throughout his career, but now fourth separate injury, which is a, yeah. a, a quite a long-term one as well. <clears throat> and it's when I'm writing rattling off that list, you know, the, the, there's about ten players there, double figures of players who are into like minimum fourteen games missed of the season, so a quarter, a qu- more than a quarter of the season, mm-hmm. really, nearly a third of the season of the league season. And if you're if you're a manager and you're having to go through that on a weekly basis, I mean, Eddie didn't confirm or anything about Alexander Isak today whether he's back tomorrow. So with Callum being out, it could be if Alec, Alexander Isak's out, it's left to uh, Anthony Gordon to play as a striker. But then no backup on the bench. Do you know what I mean? It's like square pegs and round holes right. type of scenario at the top end of the field. Yeah. Um, so. It's been it's been really difficult, mate, um, and it, it it has derailed the season. So, as a club, I think when they do that debrief come the end of the season, that'll be one area where they'll have to say, uh, you know, the uh, where can we be better? Because these players are still getting their full salary, and rightly so. That's part of their contract, and the club are still paying them. But if you think how much it's costing the club, and the, the amount of games that you're going to get out of them. Um, it's it's absolutely madness, you know. So, uh, it is a massive, massive area. I remember my last season as a player when I went back to Newcastle. We had a horrendous injury list, and what Graham Souness did, he he changed our training venue. We moved, we swapped with the academy because he felt there was an issue with the pitches at the tr- at mm. the first team training centre. Uh, with with uh, too many players slipping and what too hard groin injuries. But- well, he just felt that the the the, the, the pitches were the lads were losing their footing too regular and were getting groin injuries or hammies or a cough. <clears throat> so he decided to swap it around, you know, with the, cause the academy and first team are just, you know, cross the road from each other. So we went down yeah. to the academy training facility and um, the, the academy kids came up to the first team. So it was like, I mean, I can't even remember whether it changed the, 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 the narrative in terms of did the injuries improve or not. To be honest with you, but I think he just tra- he was he, he was at the end of his tether in terms of the injuries, and he was just ready to try anything, you know, something radical yeah. like that to see if it would improve. Because um, you see the amount of staff that these clubs have now, 
you know, masseurs, sports scientists, fitness coach, strength and conditioning coaches, physios, doctors, you know, and the, 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 the machinery they have, the equipment they have. And, uh, you know, to have an injury list like that is just absolutely ridiculous, uh, you know. Um, and, and to be fair to them, They've, they've, they've done well to be where they are. They're hanging right in there. I mean, what what it's shown in the last couple of games, the 4-4 Luton one, then obviously uh, the Forest game at the weekend, the, the, they're not as diligent defensively this season. Uh, by a long shot now this year, they've given far more goals away than they did last year, which was a big plus point for them. They were really strong defensively when they qualified for the Champions League. But the good thing is they're still scoring goals but if we're going to be limited to you know Anthony Gordon who's done a good job there when he's had to do it but he he's the only one that you would say even though a striker's not his main position he can play it and he's done it well mm. um, you know what's uh, who, who's who's going to come in if we need backup so that could be an issue going forward with, especially while what defensive works not, not at the the levels that we've been used to you know uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so big, ga- so big game. Big game. I yeah. Still th- yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, and they've had a cu- little bit of a blip in the last couple of weeks, but they, they did look impressive after a very slow start. Bournemouth, um, mm. and uh, they've got Solanke, who's had a tremendous season up front there. The striker, being touted with, the, with the, was touted with a move in January, which you know didn't happen, but he's looked impressive this year. But I just think with it being a home game um, and, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, getting that win at Forest gives him that confidence again. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, Newcastle, it'll be a really tight game, but they can they can get the three points and it can keep pushing them on. As I said, we're, we're in the last European spot at the minute. We're five points off a Europa League position, nine points off the Champions League, which is going to be a real big ask, to be honest with you. Uh, with the teams ahead of way as well pushing for that and you, you're thinking the teams that are chasing that top four aren't going to drop many points over the course of the rest of the season so yeah we've still got a lot to play for still in the FA Cup obviously um, so yeah tight game tomorrow but well, I we'll, think we can get the three points we'll get your predictions in a second I just want to bring Ian Murter in Ian's on uh, red and white and black and white Black and white and red all over uh, Straight after this show Straight after the three legends Ian, uh, what have you got set up on the show tonight? You got there in the end, Darren uh, It's quite funny listening to, listening to Clarky talk about uh, When Sooness uh, swapped the training uh, pitches For the, the, uh, the, the youth team and the first team And I remember one of his press conferences A journalist asked him said, so you, obviously you don't like your senior players getting injured on these pitches, but you don't mind if, you, if your youth team players do. Graeme Sooners didn't like that question. Well, the journalist in question was Simon Bird, who will be my guest la- later on uh, in the second half of my show. My first guest, I don't know if you remember, lads, uh, about two or three months ago, I had Lee Howie on, and he was so good, yeah. I thought, I've got to get his brother on. So uh, Steve Howie is my first guest today and I'll be trying very hard to get some Lee Clark stories out of him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty. None for your family show. Exactly. <laughs> 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 All right, thanks, Ian. You too, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> right, take care. We'll speak to you in a little bit. Yeah, mate. <laughs>
So, um, so we'll do the predictions a little bit. Let's have a. I know you mentioned it already. Uh, Tony Mowbray, um, uh, Birmingham's. How's that going to go? Play out tomorrow? Do you think does? Uh, well, like you said, mate, it's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? You know, let's be honest. Um, you know, I think sooner a bit more relaxed away from home. We don't feel as much pressure. Um, need to start the game well. Um, obviously to keep the fans kind of onside type of thing because obviously there's a, there's a lot of disgruntled uh, fans uh, from the midweek game uh, against Huddersfield uh, but for me you know it's a, like I said it's a winnable game it's a winnable game it's one we can go into uh, uh, you know uh, uh, and if we play and if we get it in the right areas where we know we're dangerous and we know we can create things then uh, you know I'm, I'm quite sure we'll come away with a with a win uh, from there but like I say, it all depends on us. You know, there's there's, there's games where we st- we don't start particularly well, and then we you know second half like we did against Plymouth. You know, we're a completely different side. You know, and then there's you know there's on the other reverse. You know, we've got the game against Huddersfield where we just didn't we just didn't turn up. You know, and I always say you can have a couple of players who have off days, but you know when you've got six or seven who are having an off day, then you you know you're potentially going to lose it, lose the game. Uh, for me, uh, I'm gonna. I'll, you know, I'll go for. It. Are we doing predictions? Uh, yeah, I'll let's go let's just go on, go on then. We'll we'll go for the predictions. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I predict. I think it'll be a tight game. I think we'll concede, but I think you know Sunderland will probably edge it two one. Two one. Uh, Lee, what's your prediction for uh, for Sunderland versus Birmingham tomorrow? Uh, well, obviously a lot of interest in the game with uh, you know so quickly come back up against Moga who's very popular there and, and rightly so um, and obviously knowing the club well St Andrews how they'll get behind the, it'll be a good atmosphere with the big number Sunderland will take I think difficult game for Sunderland uh, obviously I said I watched them against Huddersfield I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw OK 1-1 uh, draw for uh, Clark Higgy what you reckon? I'm thinking along the same lines as Clarkie. I think um, they had a poor result Birmingham against Sheffield Wednesday where they got beat 2-0 at Sheffield Wednesday but then they bounced back didn't he and, and Mogger played an, another former team in Blackburn where Birmingham beat them 1-0 mm-hmm. um, I think this will be a tight game I don't think there'll be much in it um, I, I think I'm going to agree with Clarkie. I'm going to go for a 1-1 as well Right, I think it will certainly will be interesting, like you said, as about how the the crowd are going to react to Tony Mowbray and, and what impact that will have. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. move on then quickly because we're running out of time. Borough um, versus Leicester versus Borough. Leicester well, looking for be their kind lads. Be their, kind. <laughs> Leicester looking for a, a fifth successes victory, um, and yeah, they're they're twelve points at the top of the table ahead. But Borough looking to do the double over them um, after um, uh, Greenwood's amazing strike uh, at home. Higgy, what are you thinking well, about the game tomorrow? I think he changed it. Wasn't this the, the, one of the games where Michael Carrick changed the way they played, didn't he? Mm. Um, yeah. He had a, a, a man marker, I think, in this one. Uh, and it worked a treat, didn't he? And then Greenwood scored a fantastic free kick to get the points. Um Listen, I think it's difficult going to Leicester. I, I really do. I think they score goals, and Borough can't uh, can't stop conceding goals. I, I think it's a real difficult one to get anything out of it. If they're going to get anything out of it, they're going to have to score more than one. Um, I, I just think it's a tough one. I'd take anything down there, you know, whether that's a draw or what. I'd take it, um, but I think it's going to be a difficult one. I'm going to say I'm going to be optimistic. 
and I'm going to say is is 2-2 two, two being optimistic I don't know whether it is or not yeah Desmond, oh, I think it is yeah, yeah. probably right. yeah I'm going to say 2-2 two, two. I'll take that mm. <laughs> 3-0 was in my head, but I said 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> there was some stat, I think, uh, I'd, I'd read this morning about in the last few games where we've had 50-some uh, shots at goal um, and only six or seven of them on target. Um, yeah. You know, which which we know. We know what the uh, what the, the issue is. Um, and, you know, just, yeah, hoping that uh, that changes tomorrow because it often happens, doesn't it? A team will come to the Riverside with a with a bogey record, they've not won, or you know, in so many games, or you know, we fully expect it to go one way, and then something happens, and and Burton either way. So you never know, you never know. Lee, what do you reckon for Borough tomorrow? Really difficult, honestly. I, I would love to see that I can, they can get a positive result. Uh, want the northeast teams to do well, but I just cannot see it. They're so good, Leicester. So far, um, Middlesbrough struggling, you know, to stop goals going in. Uh, I think they'll do well if it's 2 0 to Leicester. Okay, and as. Yeah, um, I was going to go, uh, I was going to give Middlesbrough an extra goal, but Iggy said uh, we're going to draw, so I'm going to take it away now. Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, we, we went for a clean sweep last week, didn't we? And Borough were the only ones who let <laughs> we us did, down. Yeah. We did, mate, you're right. Um, no, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a draw. I'll be honest with you, I think it's going to be a 1 1 draw. I do. Very good. I, and I have a funny feeling. I'll definitely take that. Yeah, I would as well. <laughs> and uh, Daz, while you're on it, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, Bournemouth. Yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, I, I fancy Newcastle to be quite honest. I really do. Um, going into it, I think it'll be a tough game. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think there'll be goals from both sides, uh, but I'm going to go two-one Newcastle. Two-one Newcastle, um, Higgy. I'm going three-one Newcastle. Okay. I, I think Bournemouth have. Have hit a brick wall, and I, and I think Newcastle are, have turned the corner a little bit. So I think three-one. And Lee, what do you reckon? I'm going same as Daz, two-one. We're struggling to keep clean sheets at the minute, but I think we'll have enough at home to to get a big three points. Two-one Newcastle. Right. Well, fingers crossed. Let's hope uh, for some positive results for the big three teams this weekend. Where are you going to be watching the, the matches then this weekend, guys? Um, I'm probably gonna, at home. Yeah, I'm going to be at home watching it. Yeah, I'm going to be in a ski resort in Europe where there's no snow. <laughs> <laughs> You'll Brilliant. still be skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Have a wonderful weekend, gents. This is the three Have a legends. Good weekend, fellas. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Take See you later. See you, mate. Take care.